Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso, and I'm Anne Friedman. And this week on Call Your Girlfriend, we'll be discussing national parks, Ariana Grande <laughs> licking donuts, <laughs> on the summer rapid fire about our favorite drinks, bodies, swimsuits, blah blah blah. We'll have a This Week in Menstruation update, we'll discuss sexual peer pressure, and endorse women playing sports and Magic Mike XXL. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I have just been chilling at home so hard and drinking on my patio, painting my nails in the middle of the afternoon and doing my job like a a homebody. So I have no wider world anecdotes or like travel travails to share. I just have, you know, a light buzz at all times. Oh, man, that's so good. I was going to tell you about some fun places that I visited. I was in Wyoming and Montana, which everybody should just go to i don't know sometimes real america really surprises me and i'm like wow why can't we have this all the time but then you realize that it's like after two weeks of being out in the sun and visiting national parks i'm like okay i'm like ready for my life i'm so question if you've been in i know you have been in many national parks lately do you have ideas on the like how can national parks attract more people who are not white well, maybe probably just by restricting the number of white people. I just don't feel <laughs> safe with white people. And then you add, like, outside to it. It's not cool. It's like the camping restrictions at Yosemite. It's like all the sites yeah. are full. All the white people slots are full. Like Yeah, it's like if they, like, sent out a note that was like, hey, there's only, like, 20 white people in the park right now. <laughs> You'd be booking a flight. Yeah, it's crazy. I've actually worked on a lot of campaigns to do this. And it makes me like really sad how few people of color there are and um, in parks. And honestly, like a lot of it is location, education, where they are. But the other thing that's crazy is that like park rangers are also all white, you know? Right. It's like in the 80 some percent of park rangers are white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like madness. And I was like, well, you know, maybe start hiring some like non-white park rangers and that would be awesome. There was, like, a really good piece, I think, last year about how they, like, really discriminate against black park rangers, and it's the thing that's been going on for a while. I think it was on Grist, maybe? I'll hmm. look it up. Yeah, there it was, was really sad. There was another op-ed recently about this issue, but it, it was just kind of, like, the statistics we already know. It was not, like, a new idea. Like, limiting the number of white people, which is, I find, a very refreshing and novel approach I, to this listen, problem. Barack Obama, if you're listening to Call Your Girlfriend, you need, like, this needs to be a thing. You're just like, sorry, you guys have all come, and we just give people quotas. I support that. I know. I will say this, though. I get really excited when I see, like, older lady park rangers, because they're such, like, badasses. They just, like, don't care. And I need a lot of help on the trail, usually. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, excuse me, I think I was just here. (laughs) 
excuse me, where's the bathroom? Like, so many problems. The old lady park ranger is like, they get me. They're just like, oh my god, what a mess. Like, let's not lose this one. Also, those women have been wearing uniforms that were basically designed with male bodies in mind. I think about a lot of traditional uniforms. It's like trying to hike in gear that is just clearly not made to accommodate hips and boobs and a lot of things women tend to have. I have so much respect for people who are like doing that out in nature every day. (laughs) Not to take this to a trivial place. They always have such like healthy glows and tans. And I'm always like, "Mm, it looks so good. This is what I aspire to. And then, you know, two hours in, I'm like, okay, I'm over this. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a good time though. I'm really down with fly fishing now. I mean, do you have waders? Listen, I look so good in waders. It's like kind of ridiculous. If we ever do a calendar, I feel like you have to pose one month in waders. <laughs> Maybe I'll just pose every month in waders. That would be incredible. There's something so comforting about them. It's like feeling like you're inside of a boot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone who's ever been fly fishing and not enjoyed themselves. Let me just put that out there. I know a lot of... No, it's so fun. Yeah. It's like really, really... It's super, 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 super fun. I like... 100% recommend, especially for self-care and lulls. Maybe the National Park Service should take our calendar idea as a way of attracting (laughs) more non-white people to the park. What else? I think that um, we should talk about Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana Grande, who I have already roasted once on this podcast, is just. Well, we can briefly roast again. This is my favorite. I just I was telling you earlier. This is my favorite scandal because nobody gets hurt. Nobody's getting a divorce. R.I.P. Benifer. <laughs> you know, like nobody's dead. There's no cancer. Just Ariana Grande is like a scumbag human being, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Who over Fourth of July weekend was at some donut shop store. Ugh, California things. I mean... And making out with her uh, background dancer, which I support. I was like, maybe this is who you need to date instead of, like, rappers for a while. Was, like, buying donuts. I'm making the biggest air quotes right now. (laughs) And unexplicably yelled when presented with said donuts, I hate America. I hate Americans. But then, when the employee goes to the back to get her, like, whatever more donuts, her and her companion lick donuts in the fucking donut <laughs> And all this is captured on camera. First of all, Fourth of July weekend is not the weekend that you proclaim that you hate America. Actually, Second it's a pretty all, good weekend to claim that you hate America. I'm sorry. America is the best. You cannot talk shit about America. No, no, no. But if you're going to talk shit about America, like, on a weekend when everyone is celebrating America, is, like, a good time. It's like when America is down is the worst time to say you hate America. I mean, that's fair. But the problem for her is that, like, that week she was also slated to be um, 
like some there was like some big MLB whatever thing. I don't watch <laughs> baseball, so I don't care. But I know that she was replaced by Demi Lovato, and it's great. <laughs> Whose like first words when on stage was like, "I love America." <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, what kind of scumbag human being do you have to be to like lick food that is for sale? Like that's just gross. But then the media cycle just like, got a little crazy on this one, and now the FBI is <laughs> investigating her, which I fucking love. I hope she goes to jail. But also, her apologies have been like pretty incredible. The first one, she just like typed on her phone's like notes apps, like clearly uh, did not consult. Love a love a notes app apology. I know she like you know she was so panicked she didn't consult her like PR posted it and then <laughs> they had to come back later and be like correct all of her spelling errors. <laughs> There's like here's how you spell America. Here's how you spell sorry. But her apology was also really bizarre, right? I did this or I said that because obesity is a problem in America. It's <laughs> like stop talking right now so it's nothing to do with it and this is the other thing that a lot of people did not note is that ariana grande is like a self-proclaimed vegan i'm sorry those are not fucking vegan donuts what a phony i mean maybe that's why she was like if i lick them but don't eat them they're still vegan <laughs> i know but she was doing that thing that fake vegan people do where they just like eat all sorts of food and they're like but i'm vegan on mondays but yeah, this is my favorite scandal in a long time. And she like did a bizarre video apology on her YouTube channel. And the pressure is on. The pressure is definitely on. Nobody, you can't say you hate America. It's shameful. Shameful shit. I think like of all the things you can say to make people upset, saying you hate America is like the closest aligned with my personal views of like, <laughs> of like any controversial celebrity. I mean, it's not like you know, crazy racist diatribe, which no one can stand behind. I mean, I feel like it's like hating America in some ways is like a defensible point of view. I mean, not for this young lady, but also like <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think the reason I love the scandal so much, it's because it's such a non-scandal and, it and it's so over the top. Also, just donut licking so, as a component of scandal is so great. I know, it's like some mean girls high school shit, which is so befitting the person. Let's do a summer summer things rapid fire. Rapid fire. I used to be a huge hater of summer, and then Amanda Matos that I've already mentioned on this podcast, like she really showed me the light on how summer could actually be a ton of fun. I would also not call summer my favorite season, but I I can't hate, and I don't hate. This is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but I really miss like East Coast muggy, disgusting summer. Okay, that's that is like unreal. Being I, there's just something about it. It's like you're so hot. Everybody looks so good and sweaty. You're like sitting on a roof drinking rosé. Maybe that was just me. But I really miss that. I'm just like, God, it's disgusting and beautiful at the same time. I just I just don't miss like the thigh friction associated with that kind of humidity. Girl, there's things to do about that. I know. Also, but like... I, will say, I will say this. 
I don't sweat a lot, or I don't sweat as much as I should, and I think that that contributes to how much I like summer. Is there, like, some kind of online quiz you can take to figure out how much you should sweat? I don't... Because people complain about sweating a lot, right? Like, especially people who are bigger. One time when it was, like, a hundred and something degrees in New York in the subway, that I felt sweat roll down my back, and I was like, oh, this is how normal people feel, and I, like, cried in the train. It was so hot. This explains everything. I was like, oh... I was like, okay, like today I understand how like normal bodies feel. I just like don't, I, I don't know. My internal cooling is pretty, it's pretty cool. See, yeah, I feel like I am not like on the sweaty spectrum. I don't feel like I am on too far on one end or the other, but like I sweat and like I have definitely felt sweat trickle down my back a lot frequently while on subway platforms or like at any point in East Coast summer. And like I, one, an ex-boyfriend of mine once referred to me as Lake Friedman, which I feel <laughs> I feel was unfair. <laughs> that is amazing. But if it's like 85 degrees and, you know, like your hair is looking sweaty and a mess, mm-hmm. then like, I am down for this shit. It's just like sexy music video vibes constantly in your mind. Listen, my skin always looks good in that weather. Mm. Real talk. Okay, summer bods. What else? I like summer because you get to celebrate your body, no matter what body you're, you know, it's like, I'm bikini ready when my body is inside of a bikini, like, that's how I feel. Also, my summer snack game is, like, next level. Obviously, now you have to hit some highlights. Rosé, 24-7 sure. rosé. I've also been known to drink a light red wine with ice mm. through, Nove- through November. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think I've seen you order that in like the depths of winter, actually. No, it's true. <laughs> I talked to a sommelier about it. He said it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cucumber on every fucking thing. Mm. Like that's just the way. That's just the way to roll. Mm-hmm. I make like the best fucking popsicles and like boozy popsicles. Just everything is great. Anything basically that I can put in a Vitamix with booze is what my summer situation is. Especially the boozy whiskey beverage, which I know we talked about, but for me it was a revelation because I had normally thought of the slushy bev as like for other kinds of alcohol. That has really changed my game. Yeah, no, I, I'll i give slush anything slushy a chance. Yeah. I had a slushy vodka cocktail the other day, and I was like, whoa, I normally don't fucks with vodka, but this is great. <laughs> I mean, make it slushy. It's like... Just ma- yeah, just make it a slushy. It's the, just make it a slushy. It's the beverage equivalent of put an egg on it. <laughs> <laughs> just put it in a blender. <laughs> I know that we talked about shaving and grooming and all of that stuff. Don't feel too much anxiety about it in the summer. I mean, summer, it must be said, is the perfect season for the bag dress. Obviously, it's always a good season for yes. the bag dress. But like the summer is the time when basically wearing a large sack, preferably made of silk or something breathable, is is just peaking. Is just the best. Yeah, it's like bring out all of your shapeless clothes. That is for summer. The bag dress is like a caftan that you can wear to an art opening. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I mean, not that you can't wear a caftan to an art opening because we've all been there. Yeah, I put caftan and bags in the same category it's for just, sure don't be fooled though by like buying those bags the bag dresses on etsy that cost like a hundred dollars please don't do that those things always make me laugh 
They're like, here's a shapeless dress, $100, ship straight from China, $20 shipping. I'm like, no. Although, you know, it is my dream, you know, how in the lingerie section of, like, department stores, they'll have a shapewear section, which basically means, like, modern girdles and spanks. I really want an adjacent shapeless section that's, like, just, like, it's only, like, oversized denim. We could be that. Yeah. We could totally be that. We could bring shapeless into like into fashion stores. That would totally that's how we're we're gonna get our like New York Times style section overblown profile. It's just like, you know, like by defining it as as shapeless wear. It's just like literally we cut a head and like arms into a sheet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we like tied them with like some rope and it's like, yep, we're ready. Yeah. Exactly that. Um what are, like, yeah, it's like, what are we drinking besides slushies and rosé? I mean, that's pretty much it. I've been, oh my god, actually, I had a really unfortunate incident making cold brew coffee at home for the first time. Disgusting. I was, okay, okay, you know, I... You know, you know I'm so judgmental towards coffee drinking. I know you I are. Some of us need it to live. Ugh. And I was given a, like, toddy cold brew system for Christmas years ago, and I never used it. I put it, like, on top of a cabinet and forgot about it. And then when I moved, I found it. I made this cold brew, which is hyper, hyper concentrated, and I didn't really know the percentages. Like, I read on the thing that it's a third coffee to two-thirds other stuff, either, like, milk or water or whatever. And I did that, and my eyeballing skills were less than good. And I was, like, I was high. I was actually kind of scared like like could not work was like crazy eyes was like calling people and just like hi do you want to meet me somewhere like what's going on i so like me when i have a latte yes exactly so now i can relate to people who are like coffee is too much and i've been like pouring it out in like shot glass sizes ever since and i don't know if i will ever make another one that is crazy yeah but i've said forever i'm not a person who's affected by coffee and this was like oh no Oh no. When people say that to me, I'm just like, you people are all on heroin. <laughs> like, I don't believe it for one. I don't believe it for one second. You've like, been doing. Coffee wrecks havoc in my, like, life. Right. I do totally use it as a drug. I'm like, I have a lot to do. I'm just going to drink coffee until I get it done. And. I always think about a New Yorker article from 10 years ago about how the college kids these days are using Adderall, lol. Um, and they interviewed some doctor. Don't lol, and we needed to get our work done. This is what I'm saying about coffee. So they interview some doctor and they're like, is it really bad for these kids? And he was like, well, you know, like, it's kind of the same as like a large amount of coffee. And then I was like, that's, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I am drugging myself without having, you know, to go through a weird dealer. Yeah, I mean, listen, more power to you. I just I just know that like the first time I had coffee is also the first time I learned what tachycardia was. So, <laughs> like I'm not down for this. Uh well anyway. I'll have a, I'll have an iced coffee every once in a while when I want to feel really good about myself, but you know, it's it has a lot of milk. <laughs> yeah. I mean this is this is probably my most important beverage lesson of the summer is just like know your limits when it comes to cold brew. Just know your limits. That's crazy. Um, the only other thing that I always endorse in the summer is the Shiner Ruby Red. Mm, this is a good rec. Beer. It's so good. It's so good. You know, it's the Shiner Summer Seasonal. I miss Texas all the time, so it's always my... If I'm anywhere else that sells it, 
I get very excited. For me, Redbird is great, but I also love just like shitty summer beers. Well, I have to say that before you turned me on to the Ruby Redbird, I would never have fucked with a fruity beer ever. Like that is just not my thing. And I, I endorse, I endorse the Shiner. Shiner is so good. If only they would distribute all over the country. Shiner, please get your <laughs> shit together. It was always, like, a big deal. I remember when they brought Shiner to New York, I was like, man, I could live here forever now. <laughs> this is built to last. <laughs> it was. And then I, like, tracked down every bodega that had it, and luckily mine did. And I was like, this, I was like, this is a big fucking deal. Right. Uh, okay, final summer roundup question. Song of summer, go. Um, Man, so for the last two summers, it's obviously been, hey, what's up, hello, by our boyfriend, Fetty Wap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like I'm sorry that song is great hey what's up hello are you kidding me that's the best opening to anything but if I'm really honest this summer it's been the Jamie XX Loud Places and every remix of it that exists yeah going through the full spectrum of remixes is the best is the best is that's that's when you're sort of like well maybe it's time to switch things up a little i know except that i just i haven't i was like between jamie xx and fetty wap it's been like a great summer for me those are like uncontested songs of summer it's like there there are certain things that i listen to every summer regardless of the trends but that's the real like standout although who knows maybe again in 2016 there's like not a limit there's not an expiration date Oh, there's not an expiration date on Trap Queen. It is going to carry us through next summer. It's every time I hear it, I just uncontrollably smile. Uh, yes. Which is like a lot. <laughs> I mean, there is definitely a day where I heard it at least five times, like coming from sort of like an ambient noise, like my neighbor was playing it. And then I heard it like on like walking to the coffee shop on like coming out of someone else's window. And then I heard it on the radio, like the whole day, just like an unbroken soundtrack. It's so good, too, because honestly, it was, like, the first time that I actually felt, like, old and not connected to the culture when I had to, like, <laughs> rap genius every single line of that song. I was telling um, Cord when I was in New York, I was like, I don't know what a bandeau is. I don't know what they're cooking. I'm like, is it cocaine? Is it heroin? Do you cook heroin? Like, I don't know what's going on. But still, just infectious happiness. Right. And every time I see Fetty Wap in an interview, he's just so, he's just like so happy to be there. I support his every move. Happy to be here, the Fetty Wap story. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He's just like, he's just like, and then Drake blessed me with his presence on the remix. Mm. Kanye called me. And, you know, and all these people are like, wait, tell us about the Drake connection. Tell us about the Kanye collection, a connection. And he's always like, you know, they just like the music. You know, it's like, mm. as they should. Yeah. Best thing to say. Best thing to say. 1738. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Since you're pretty as soon as you came in the door, I just wanna chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remixing for low. She my trap queen, let her hit the bando. We be counting up, watch how far them bands go. We just had to go, talking matching Lambos. I fit the six and grand. This week in menstruation, we have a couple of important sponge updates. <laughs> I love I love that, just full disclosure here, before we started recording, we both Google searched contraceptive sponge for possibly the first time. <laughs> like a Google image search. 
<laughs> and I was like, what is the strap? There was like a weird strap on it. Yeah, I don't understand how it's like protects you from anything slash how you get it up there anyway. Well, interesting you should say that because it seems like it doesn't protect you from much and it's difficult to get up there based on reader <laughs> response. <laughs> One listener writes, you asked to hear from people who had tried a contraceptive sponge. Well, I got a box of them from Planned Parenthood once, but never used them because they were gigantic, all caps, like the size of a bar of soap. I didn't think there'd be room for anything else in there. <laughs> right, because you can have sex while like, yeah, like the whole point is that you're supposed to have sex while you have them in there. Right, exactly. I don't know why I don't know why I'm so dense to this fact. I'm just like I'm just like, put a sponge in, it'll stop the flooding. Right. And it's like, oh, that's not what this no, is. No, no. And then okay, so speaking of the flooding, another a different listener writes, So about ten years ago I started to use the sponge because I can't use hormone contraception because of my migraines. Long story short, when I called the clinic to schedule my abortion due to its failure, the woman on the phone asked me some questions, etc., and I told her I was using the sponge. She told me, oh, honey, no, they just hold the sperm in. <laughs> I have quite happily had an IUD since then, which is like, you know, everything you know about sponges, that makes total sense, you know? <laughs> Talk about, like, a thing I learned about on this podcast that I never want to encounter in my personal life. I mean, no. What what if, can you imagine, like, like sleeping with someone who was like, actually, I have a thing for, for like, women who are on the sponge. Like, would you use a sponge? <laughs> you know what, Anne? If a man could, like, accurately talk to me about one form of birth control, I would probably marry him. Oh, my God, please. My standards are higher than that. <laughs> I'm sorry, nobody's met that standard yet. <laughs> it's true. Actually, requiring a scientific breakdown of, like, pros and cons of various contraceptive methods that men... No, just, like, yeah. showing them the contraceptive method and being like, please draw me a diagram of how this works. How do I put this in and where does it go? Yeah, how do I put this in? Where does it go? Pill. Start here. <laughs> oh yeah. Contraception is contraception is hard. I don't know how people not having a baby is really hard work. Oh my god, it's so much work. It's like, you know, basically we're like in an uphill battle against biology constantly. It is yeah, the worst. Yeah. Now I get all those people that make those jokes about like celebrating when your period comes. I'm taking them more and more seriously <laughs> because People are giving you sponges out there. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. Also, I hadn't thought about the like contraceptive sponge and the menstrual sponge and like how those things are kind of the same thing, but trying to do. Yeah, it's like anytime anybody says contraceptive sponge to me, like all I'm hearing is, oh, for your period, which is the dumbest thing ever. Uh, One of the women that was on my Montana trip is she's all about like. I don't want to call it natural family planning because it's the other one. Like, this is how dumb I am about this stuff. But yeah, it's like, you know, taking your temperature and knowing the four days you can... Newsflash, so daughter of a Catholic mother will tell you it's still called natural family no, planning. No, 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 but there's two forms. Like, she was telling me, like, natural family planning is the one where, like, literally on the days that you want to have sex the most, you cannot. And then this other one is some other form of the same like knowing what your mucus is like yeah but they're both about tracking whether you're trying to get pregnant or not get pregnant it's like there's a lot of mucus feeling going on oh yeah no i first of all 
I don't claim expertise on any of this. I'm just telling you what the mucus lady was telling me. <laughs> Where she was really anti, like, national... Like, yeah, whatever the Catholic method is called, she was really anti that. And I'm like, but you basically do that. I'm, it's, I'm sorry, it's like, like the same method, but for, like, different purposes. Or yeah, yeah, for different purposes. The minute somebody says to me, you need to know what your cervical mucus is like, I'm like, literally, there's not enough, like, money in the world to make me I can barely wash my face every day to like remove my makeup there is no way I'm gonna be monitoring mucus I mean what if you are like a couple of glasses of wine in or like a little stoned and you're like is this mucus tackier than yesterday (laughs) like that is just too much like interpretation for me I was so impressed with her though because she was telling me how you can just like tell and I'm like I'm like I'm like you literally have no idea what you're talking. But like about. you can just tell because you are like super horny, and that's how you can tell. <laughs> or, like, or is this actually like she could identify any by by like just by the mucus alone? Yeah, she's like I can tell what this. You know, it's like the people that are really in touch with their bodies. I'm rolling my eyes so hard as I say that. <laughs> FYI, oh, it's this is called um, FAM. Fertility awareness method, blah de blah. That's yes. just a hippie like version of. I mean, it's the same thing, just with a different name. Yeah, I mean, th- listen, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's all crazy. Talk to me. This is like where I really want science. It's like when I'm cleaning my house and for birth control. I don't care that things are not like natural or like safe. <laughs> I'm like, please bleach, please like give me contraceptive hormones. Right. I can't handle this stuff. If I had a lot of time to spend on on paying attention to all of that stuff and obsessively tracking it and I was like cool with maybe getting pregnant. Like which I am neither of those things right? apply to me. Wait, it's like yeah, this is like the thing that none of these people always tell you because the truth is that like when their mucus methods fail, they're like, Oh, what a happy blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not here for that. Actually Yeah, it's like apparently like cervical mucus method only has a three percent failure rate, which I like refuse to believe. I'm just like, I'm sorry. That's that's not I true. think we should rebrand this the mucus method, just like right here and now. <laughs> Like, you people are crazy. The other thing about it, too, is, like, your temp- your body temperature fluctuates based on, like, you know, the time you go to sleep and, like, what kind of booze you've ingested. And, like, if you really, really want to be sure about it, you you have to live basically, like, a, a teetotaler who goes to sleep at the same time every night. Which, like, that totally works for some people, but, like, it does not work for all of us. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, the only reason I would endorse this is just so you could say something like, sorry, honey, you can't have sex today. It's the wrong kind of mucus day. <laughs> it's a bad mucus day. <laughs> sorry. <Ugh. laughs> it's just, like, we're, we're living in the best time for birth control. Can you imagine outlander days? Like, no way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, to date, we're living in the best time for birth control. I, I have to believe that, like, the future is brighter. <laughs> I have to. I mean, probably not. Ugh. Like, they're going to be doing pelvic exams, like, the same way for, like, 200 years. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I just want to stop this before it gets depressing and take and take this <laughs> other question because it's pertinent. It's totally pertinent to our okay, convo. This email is from a listener who says, I am a rising senior in high school and worrying about college and graduation and such, and all of my friends are having sex. They keep telling me about it, and I don't feel left out necessarily, but I feel kind of lame. Is it weird that I haven't had sex yet? It is absolutely not weird and totally normal and not lame that you have not had sex yet. 
Also, what percentage of your friends who are having sex all the time are, like, having orgasms? (laughs) This is what I would like to know. just like, show me the high schooler that's having, like, regular orgasms. I definitely did not have sex in high school, and I had a ton of orgasms with my right hand that I feel like if I were having sex, (laughs) I might not have. I might not have had such a high hit rate, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's also, like, such a weird kind of peer pressure to put on people. It makes me, like, really sad that anybody is trying to pressure anybody into having sex when they're not ready especially when you're in high school it is like logistically a challenge (laughs) (laughs) no it's true it's like you have to like meet someone that doesn't like gross you out enough you have to like find a place you have to like get awkward it's just like the logistics of it are challenging yeah but also yeah i certainly did not have sex in high school like no (laughs) ma'am i went to this like really small religious school where it was advised that we not have sex but let me tell you this all of the religious kids i found out later were having sex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for, for all of my grandstanding I was the only one not having well that's not true but it's like when I think about that now I'm just like man I I was just not ready not only was I not ready I like didn't know any of the boys that were ready so well I feel like that's also the case where it's like having sex like with a partner requires a partner like when I was in high school I remember being like huh I don't seem to be attracted I know I have a sex drive but I don't seem to be attracted to anyone here small town problems and I was like maybe I'm gay no not attracted to the girls either huh like what is going on and the answer was college um it was fine by college (laughs) but you know like you don't have to have sex just because people are having sex like if there's not a person you want to have sex with or like it is not a thing that's happening like you're doing great it's fine you are doing great. And you especially, like, shouldn't feel lame about it. Oh, my God, it. totally. You, you have your whole... You literally have your whole life to have sex. We could rename this podcast Call Your Late Blooming Girlfriends. And, like... <laughs> I mean... Like, I mean, you know... No, it's true. It's, like, all of the people who are my, like, closest friends were actually, like, very late bloomers. It's true. Also... And I don't... You know, and obviously, <laughs> for all of the awkwardness of that, I look back on it, like, very fondly. And it was... It is very hilarious to me. I realize I'm the one who said this, but, like, the phrase late bloomer is kind of icky. Like, the idea that, like, you blossom when you finally have sex with <laughs> with another person as opposed to, like, just with yourself is uh, gross. And <laughs> did not really realize that until I said it out loud just now, how much I hate that phrase. You, This is one of those instances, like, the mucus people that you actually do have to listen to. <laughs> God, it's so true. You just listen to us talk about, like, that whole disgusting thing. And, like, you don't even have to worry about that. You do have to listen to your body. Also, you know, it's, this is like such a personality thing. Like I am like research everything. I remember in college when I was like, okay, maybe sex is something that I'm considering having. Like what's the best resources on this? And I read the guide to getting it on like cover to cover. Amazing. That book is like hundreds of pages. I really needed to do that. Like, I'm not going to let girls who wear outfits that I don't respect, like, pressure me into having sex. Right. I think the other thing that's going on, and this is definitely true well into adulthood, is that just because people are talking about having sex or having a lot of sex doesn't mean they have a good sex life. It took me a while, I think, to realize that it doesn't necessarily mean you are awesome and free and empowered just because you're having lots of sex, too. Sometimes people have lots of sex and are happy about it and that that's awesome. But like there's not like a you can't assume that just because you hear about it a lot, like that's a thing to be jealous of. 
And the thing that watching a lot of reality TV has taught me also is that people lie about having sex all of the time. All of the time. And I suspect that for some of your high school friends, that's also true. People lie to the people they're having sex with about how they're having sex and enjoying it. Like, (laughs) let alone to people who aren't even in the room. It's like having sex is a journey. You're going to go solo. You're going to have people on board. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to... You're going to change a lot also, and your body's going to change. So just, you know, I love the like, idea. do it when you're ready. I love the idea of people boarding your, like, sexual steamboat. <laughs> I mean, like, that's like, basically what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, where are the peaks that you're with yourself, and where are the peaks that involve other like people? Like, boarded 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown overboard 2008. No, totally, right? And, you learn you know like there's some like casual sex can be really really enjoyable and super fun there's also like great stuff about like sleeping with the same person over and over again and learning their body and them like learning your body it's just it's really sweet and you have your whole life to do it you're a cool lady for writing yeah oh my god the coolest lady the coolest lady. And I suspect you're going to have, like, the best sex of anybody. I was just about to say something like that. Like, it's sort of like, again, quality, not date and quantity is really, like, the important thing here. Before we close, I want to talk about, like, things that we are super, super, super duper endorsing right now. I'm going to do mine for, like, lady sports. <laughs> this last week was, like, great for women who play sports. It was fantastic. If you didn't watch the Soccer World Cup, you're an idiot. Because those ladies are just the best. And surprise, surprise, American women play better soccer than, like... <laughs> American men, no shade, (laughs) and don't get paid as much money, which is like a huge travesty and really insulting. I don't know. I had a great summer watching the World Cup and also like just hanging out with people who are like huge, like men's soccer fans, watching women's soccer. I think that if you are a male soccer fan and you don't watch women's soccer, you're an asshole. You're not really a soccer fan. No, you're not. Especially not in this country because your men's team sucks. So (laughs) I have like irrational dislike of the U.S. men's soccer team. I'm just like, this is what happens when you can throw money at a problem, but like you don't really have good talent. Mm. And also like watching Serena win Wimbledon and complete her Serena slam Mm. is the best thing in the whole entire world. She's so great. There's really just, like, I find there very very little to say other than just, like, she's so great, she's so great, she's so great. She is. She's so great, she's beautiful, and a deadly killer. Also, she's probably secretly dating Drake, who was my favorite. What? Wait, I had not heard this. Sorry. You're a fool. So, first of all, if you follow Drake on instagram you've noticed that he has gotten um what do the kids call it swole recently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) have noticed this really he has gotten very big and everybody's like "Mm, what's this about and then literally the man is at every single serena game including the press conferences Mm. it's amazing because he's like dressed really he's like wearing white pants like a sweater (laughs) 
<laughs> over his shoulders. He looks confused at some of the calls. It's like the best <laughs> thing in the world. And then the first couple of days, he wasn't sitting in her box. Mm, tennis. Thank you for the innuendo. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just so happened that he did. And then Serena, like, friend zoned him pretty hard, which is why, you know, like, it's Paul perpetually loved Drake. It's like, so reporter asked Williams whether Drake might be a lucky mascot. Williams rolled her eyes. Drake laughed, leaned forward, and covered his face. Oh, We've been friends. sorry. We've been friends for, like, so many years, Williams said, just like family. <laughs> wow. Wow. If you remember in 2012, Drake and Common had a beef over Serena. So this is, like, all coming full circle. Ugh. Um, but yeah, he was there every day. I hope they are dating. This is this is like the one celebrity like go- like gossip thing that I actually want to happen. It was great. And when Serena won, she at her opponent, she told her she was like she's like don't even sweat it. You're a champion. You're gonna be holding this trophy very soon. And I was like Serena, this is why you're the best. Uh, just like a million different things to admire. Uh, right. What's your summer endorsement? Okay, my summer endorsement is Magic Mike XXL. This is not news. <laughs> this is not news to many people, but it is just the best. My friend Hilda referred to it as a Homeric odyssey about female pleasure. There are valid complaints that it's like, oh, yes, this is like not every woman's version of pleasure. This is blah, blah. I mean, all important caveats, but I just feel like for a summer movie that was basically like a buddy road trip comedy in which men are like sensitive and supportive to one another. <laughs> and then the sort of the, the layer of, you know, pure male objectification and, and a sort of centering of female pleasure. It was beyond delightful. Plus like a sexy Cheetos moment. When, <laughs> how often do we get that? Like, I mean, I mean, listen, watching that movie was just like the best, 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 best thing in the world. It's funny because I feel like I get swept into the frenzy. Like, if I'm really honest, actually, like, male stripping is, like, it makes me really uncomfortable. And there were many times in the first Magic Mike that I just, like, couldn't handle. I had to put my hand over my face, like, I'm that person. And in the second one, I was that person, too. But it just had, like, you know, like, the plot was so much, like, flimsier that you could enjoy it. Yeah, the plot was, like, it was, like a self-aware movie that it was like, we know this is a sequel. We know that this is like not meant to be super hard hitting. Like we're going to acknowledge that this is a plotless movie. Yeah. It was like, just give, they just like give enough plot that, you know, they could be like, Oh, this is why they're here. Right. (laughs) And I like explain the location change, but yeah. So it's, if I'm really honest, like male stripping makes me really uncomfortable and I would like personally not enjoy it. But man, I enjoyed Channing Tatum antics so much. It's just, there's, it's unstoppable. And I have to say, like, I agree with you. Like any time, you know, the handful of times in my life that I have been presented or like been in the same room as a male stripper, it has not been fun. Um, but I think that the thing I like about this movie is like, obviously there are like stripping or like dancing sequences. But like when I say that it's it's sort of about female pleasure generally, like I actually think that that it transcends just we're going to take off our clothes and like writhe all over women. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was more like <laughs> I a... mean, there's something in it for everyone. Right. right. Like, that's what makes the movie so successful. Like I love the scene with um, Andy McDowell, you know. Where they have sex. And instead of just like panning to what's his name? Joe Man. Joe, Joe Beautiful. Man, man. Meet and Elo. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. I'm always like, Wendy Williams love him so much. Now I get it. <laughs> it's like, instead of the camera, like, panning to him, and it's all about, like, how he had, like, a sexual breakthrough. Instead, it's like, oh, Andy McDowell, older woman, just had, like, a fantastic time. And I was like, God, this movie is genius. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that, like, there are women who are like not 20 years old who are presented as like powerful and sexy was great. I really do think though, that like this idea of like caring about women having a good time as a motivating factor for these male characters doing what they do is like, maybe not realistic and like maybe not like, you know, like, (laughs) like the actual ways it's acted out, like in stripping or whatever is like, maybe not my thing, but just, I just like would love to see more movies where, oh yeah, that's like a model. Like that's, that's a, that's a thing that happens. Like there are men that really care about that. I love that. Yeah, you know, also when you saw the movie, I think you and I had like a long text message exchange about this, about how, like really the reason that this movie is successful is the same reason that Fifty Shades is successful. Successful. <laughs> successful. <is> because <laughs> successful. It's because like women are really under sex and really like not catered to in cinema at all, the female gaze. Because I'm still shocked at how many people are into Fifty Shades, like, unironically into it and the success that it enjoyed. And I was like, oh, this is why. This is exactly why. Because there are so few, like, media that just, like, caters to women and says your enjoyment is valid. Right. And not, like, your enjoyment of a really cliched fairy tale ending, but, like, your enjoyment in an immediate sense of stuff that, like, you know, is just fun. Yeah, no, Magic Mike was, like, paced perfectly. I remember, like, coming out of the theater, I had so much pent-up energy. I was like, this is madness. Yeah. I couldn't, I, like, went for a walk. It was too much. It was just too much. I mean, I feel like it really brought something out in a lot of people who saw it. I was at a, I don't really know what it was, like, basically, like, a potluck, I guess, is what it was. I don't know, a a gathering with, like, an age range of women and... Definitely when Magic Mike XXL came up, there was a woman who was like, how do they dance like that? And by the end of the conversation, she was like imitating the weird like one-handed push-up sexy thing that they do. (laughs) And I was just like, you know, I feel like there is some like unleash the beast within element of seeing that movie that is just uh, delightful. No, I mean, it was the the theater that I saw it in was like, it was for an industry event. So it had like a lot of famouses and a lot of regular people and writers and even then like women were screaming at the screen like screaming yeah there were parts where i was like i wish i could rewind which is fine because i saw it twice more after that (laughs) i mean i will go again while it's still in the theater trust oh i will probably own a digital copy of it obviously that will be a good it's like the first one i watched twice and then i was like i don't ever need to see this again because the plot is actually like really dark and depressing right Yeah, it's like the pony moment just, like, sustains you for so long. And then with this one, you're just like, oh, my God, this is, like, hilarious. I mean, also, too, like, unlike the first one, they didn't really try to make, like, a meaningful plot happen. What's sad about the the first one is it's, like, it's in some ways, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, like, he probably does have dreams of becoming a furniture designer or something. (laughs) But he did it, though. I know. But he lived his dream. (laughs) He did live his Spoiler. Also love, Spoiler. <laughs> but I also love that they, like, don't care about giving him, like, romantic entanglements. Ugh. You know, actually, this is true for everyone. I was like, man, I wish more movies would really learn this lesson. 
It's like the people on the screen are for you. They're not for the other people. (laughs) Well, and actually, like, when he's chatting up his pseudo-love interest in the kitchen while Annie McDowell is having her moment in, like, the other room, and, like, I was like, go back to the living room. I wanted the camera to, like, cut back to where the action was, which is not Channing Tatum flirting. But anyway, I digress. It was Uh, was great. I support Channing Tatum in everything he does. Like, I've been a fan since day one. I just, I love him so much. This is perfect. Great. Okay. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch all of his movies now. I, I went on a, like a Channing Tatum action movie binge a couple of, um, like right after the movie came out, but I think I'm just going to watch She's the Man and be really happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> leave it at tomorrow. that. Just leave it at that. Uh, love you, Channing. Uh, endorse strongly. Strongly, strongly endorsed. Oh, also, did you see how he wants to meet Roxanne Gay? Uh, obviously I did, and I was like, how are all of my worlds colliding? Like, worlds that I didn't, like, think were my worlds are, like, actually coming together. <laughs> what? Yeah, as, as the kids say, worlds had been colliding. Had been colliding. Worlds had been colliding. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be the best thing ever. Because you know they're doing a Vegas show. They're, like, going to do a Magic Mike in Las Vegas. They're going to make so much money. I mean, they're going to make a lot of money, but so much potential to ruin the movie for people like me who are on the fence about that kind of stuff. I know, but, like, you you don't have to... The thing is, it's, like, it's it's isolated in Vegas. You don't really have to participate in that. <laughs> but it's not like it's going to be, like, all over the internet and unavoidable. I intend to see it. I intend to okay. see it. It'll okay. be good. Fair enough. Okay. Well, this was great. Uh, tell everybody where they can find us. <laughs> uh, so many places on the internet. Um, callyourgirlfriend.com. We're there. We're on Twitter at callyrgf. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe there because we like that. This podcast is produced by Gina Delvac. <laughs> hey! <laughs> well, see you on the internet, boo. See you on the internet. Bye.